Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross. With Jimmy and Sean, sell pills for your dumb. Make a fantastic song. Make a fantastic song. And we're live. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp. It's List and your boy, number 196. The landmark moment that we have all waited for. Jimmy. What, what do you have any like I figured you would prepared a speech or something for this important day? Uh, I was going to, but then I got completely sidetracked by your salad. So I uh, I forgot my speech. I'm eating a salad from Gold Star Chili. They actually make really good salads. And wow. why is it that you are eating a salad uh, at three o'clock Eastern time? Because I had things to do and I spent an hour on a Don Callis in character media call. <laughs> How did that go? Um have you ever watched somebody beat themselves off on a bus for an hour straight? Uh I don't even know how to answer that question. I'll just say no. I have Okay, I would hope the answer was no. It was just such an odd question. I'm trying to understand okay. the correlation. Okay, well, that's what it was like. It was watching somebody beat themselves off on a bus for an hour saying, hey, hey here's the thing. He's, he's a good promo. I don't need to see him cut an hour-long in-character promo. Right. I am not a character on Impact Wrestling TV. Right. I don't want to, I don't want to be involved in in-character stuff. Some rare exceptions. MJF, Matt Hardy, Silas Young are three that I've been able to get news from. You got MJF, who is newsworthy anytime he says something. Uh, Matt Hardy, who you're you're getting for the broken thing or the big money money Matt thing, mm. and then Silas Young, where his character is an over the top toxic man that <laughs> is almost comedic, and we can do things like manly or not manly and all that stuff. But this is bad. So he yeah. was doing it for wrestling media for uh-huh. an hour in character as I, the. I, yeah, I assume an hour. I hit the bricks after half an hour. Oh, you did. You did. That's too bad. I mean, he's an old school guy, Don Callis. He's an old school guy. Yeah, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. The one on Impact or on uh, Dynamite last week is actually pretty good. Yeah. So he's he 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 is pretty good, but uh, he is an old school guy. That old school mentality, you know. I mean, you've got you got the Paul Hamans of the world that can kind of kind of get it. Yeah. Uh, And Don Callis, he's a bit of an old school guy, and he's only come back to wrestling in terms of on screen. What's been a year or two? Yeah. So not too long. Well, guys, leave a thumbs up, subscribe, tap that bell for notifications. We have podcasts all throughout the week. I did a uh, TLC preview 
and prediction show with wrestling rambles. Check that out on youtube.com slash fightful. But if you're watching live on youtube.com slash fightful, don't need a super chat. It'll get your question or statement read on the air. And we've already got one. Jobber says watching 2001 WWE, nothing has changed in 19 years. Pump for Omega on an impact pay-per-view. When's the last time a world champ, uh, or when was the last time another world champ was on another show? Well, I'd imagine um, Okada or or the Ring of Honor world champion on each other's shows was probably an experience. Yeah, but NWA Women's Champion on Dynamite. Like, if you really yeah. want to be technical, I guess. I, I would or say specifically since the last half of 2003, nothing in WWE has changed. I rather enjoyed 2001. Right. There was some creative stuff there, but I think specifically last half of 2003, it's really been the same. I, uh, I've, I've mentioned this before, but I, I decided to bring back my website in, I think it was 2007, uh, to, in blog form. And after a couple of weeks of realizing all they're doing is some combination of Kofi Kingston and Dolph Ziggler every week. Uh, and at the time, they had a couple other guys thrown into the mix. I think they wrestled each other on television for like three straight months, some combination. Uh, and then they did the thing with Brock Lesnar and John Laurinaitis. Remember that? Yep. And I was done after that. I was done. Like, here was this guy, Brock Lesnar, more mainstream attention than he'd ever gotten, having been the UFC champion, and they put him with John Laurinaitis on television. I, 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 was, I stopped writing the, the, the blog after that. Uh, before we get to WWE, a couple other things first. First, I want to give my condolences to the family of Tom Lister, Tiny yeah. Lister. I think most people know him as Debo from Friday. Uh, I also remember him from uh, Armed and Dangerous, the movie with John Candy. He had a big role in that, and he was a— uh, Knight. What's that? He was in the Dark Knight. Yeah, he was in a bunch of stuff. Like he was a very he was a very recognizable character actor. He was in uh, the Mike Myers thing too, Austin Powers. Yeah. So he he was a very recognizable uh, character actor. But of course, in our circles, we remembered him as Zeus from No Holds Barred and from I think it was SummerSlam '89. They did the thing in Survivor Series. WSW brought him back. I believe Z Gangsta. Was his name when he did the yeah. WSW thing? And that terrible angle. That yeah. terrible angle. And YouTube, if you go on YouTube, there's a match from Puerto Rico. Zeus against Abdul the Butcher. Yes. From Carlos Colon's promotion. That's it was on the year uh, after his WWE run. That's right. And he looked pretty much the same, except he didn't have anybody protecting him. He was in there one on one with Abdul the Butcher. Ugh. But uh, that's on YouTube. So my condolences to, to his family. I understand COVID was the cause, they think, which sucks. Had it um, twice. Yeah, yeah, and I saw an interview with him, or it was a cameo that he did, and he didn't look very good doing the cameo. He was wearing the mask and everything, but my condolences to his family. The other thing I wanted to bring up before we get into uh, the state of WWE, MJF gave you an F-plus, Sean Rossap. Are, yeah, are you happy that it wasn't an F-minus? He gave you an F-plus. I mean, that's a ringing endorsement, if you it's ask not bad. Me. It's not and bad. you know how many how many segues I'm going to be able to do. MJF gave us an F plus, but if you want to give them the D plus use blue chief, I'll be able to do that all the time. I'll do that this week, but yeah. Uh, I mean, come on. We kind of knew this was coming, but whatever. Hey, you know what? I've interviewed him each of the last three years. Um, hopefully it happens next year as well. And we can get him to go into more detail on what he doesn't like. He called Louie, that shitty little British guy one time. But that was probably for WrestleTalk. Uh, no, 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 no. That. that was for our Wednesday night oh, show. Oh, it was? Yes, he is a regular viewer of the Wednesday night show. Like, oh, okay. He tweets about it. Yeah. Okay, okay. I, I will admit, uh, you know, even though I own Fightful, I don't check out many of the podcasts. I just don't. I did <laughs> check I did check one, uh, I think it was two weeks ago, I checked out some of the Wednesday night show because that was when the impact thing happened, and I was curious for your opinion uh, and the Sting thing. Robert is very intelligent. He's got he's got a lot of good thoughts on stuff. He's and I with us uh, full time on weekdays next week too. So that's good. That's good. That's good. We get more Robert, and we got more super chats too. Evan Wright says I'm not completely sold. Moxley isn't going to be at Wrestle Kingdom. Do you think Brody Lee's absence is New Japan related? Well, um, no. Brody Lee's absence is not New Japan related. I do know what it is related to. I'm not at liberty to discuss that, but. I'm not sold on the Moxley thing either. If they film like a bunch of weeks worth of stuff, right. they could get around that, and they got to have him drop that title in some capacity. They got to do it, Jimmy. Yeah, and not only that, the fact they took the uh, Dynamite or the AEW title off of him means that his presence weekly is not as important now as it would have been otherwise. 
So if, if he takes a little hiatus from Dynamite, because you know that AEW wants to get in partnership again with New Japan. If he takes a little uh, break from Dynamite to get in the uh, New Japan spot, you can do without him for a few weeks. And then when he comes back, it's a big return. You know what I mean? Yes. So I, I, I agree, and, uh, and we know that he really wants to do it. What about Jericho? I don't know. I don't, I don't know about any wrestlers working for New Japan right now. Yeah, it'd be tough. Uh, and it's, it's tough to really figure out that formula Yeah, because their tapings are this week, and they would have time yeah. to quarantine for 14 days and then do that show and then come back, but then they would have to probably quarantine again, and that's an awful lot of time off. Yeah, I don't know how the rules would work, you know? I mean, they, they could do the rapid testing, but at the same time, if the, if the government tells you 14 days and then you're on television, probably not a good look. Evan so. Wright says, encouraging watching Dark Order versus Bear Country. It's encouraging watching Dark Order against anybody right now. They are very, very entertaining. Evan Wright says, Omega and the Good Brothers against Swan and Motor City Machine Guns at an Impact show. Thoughts on them maybe doing Omega and the Brothers against Cody and the Buck at Beach Break, maybe? Even confronting Omega. Um, I would love to see some sort of crossover with that. I want to see more... Uh, Omega and and Bucks and Good Brothers mixing it up. Do you think that we'll end up seeing anything like that on AEW TV? Yeah, uh, I do. I I still I, I know that AEW purists don't want to hear it. I still don't see how this makes good business sense for AEW unless the tape library aspect is part of it. Otherwise, when you've only got two hours of live TV and you're going to devote some of it to another company's talent, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but, yes, I do think we're going to see it. I, I think it makes perfect sense for them to have the Bullet Club, um, you know, back together on on, uh, on AEW Dynamite. And I think it might have been Anderson that's kind of hinting at it for this week's Dynamite on uh, Twitter. He was kind of yeah. just throwing out some some Easter eggs or whatever. But, oh, yeah, I, I think they're probably definitely going to do something. I just hope there's more to it than a talent exchange. I'm not convinced that that storyline is going to pop Dynamite's rating. I'm not convinced it's going to happen. Well, one of the things, one of the only things Don Callis said that was even remotely newsworthy on that media call is that when people talk about talent exchanges and dream matches, he says that that is small time to him and that he's thinking bigger. And I'm sure that if I were running Impact and I had AEW showing up on my show, I would be dreaming a lot bigger. <laughs> I'd be pitching exactly. everything I could. You know something? With all due respect to Don Callis, I mean, obviously, what, what, what AEW's done for them already has been massive. Massive. It's almost charitable what Tony Khan has done for them. But with all due respect to Don Callis, it's easy to talk with other people's money. I said the same thing about Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett, when they brought him back, he was doing these big press conferences saying, we're going we're gonna to do shows in the UK, and we're going to do shows here. Well, it's really easy when it's not your money, talking about flying all over the world, you know what I mean? And it's easy for Don Callis to say, I've got big plans, when you had no viewership, no buzz, no interest, no momentum, and all of a sudden, AEW plugs into you, and, uh, and you're spiking. I mean, of course. What else do you want him to say? You know, we'll talk more about impact uh, later on because I want to talk about the Twitch numbers a little bit. Um, but I want we still have some super chats. Oh, sure, go ahead. Throwback says, "Do you think Keith Lee going back?" Well, actually, we'll, we'll hold off on that. Yeah, well, that's on my list. You saw the thumbnail. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll hold off on that one until it's time. Yeah, that's on my list. I want to start. I feel like we do this every every month or two. Uh, but this week, I feel like we really got to talk about it. The state of WWE, and I want to go a step further. I, I not only do I want to talk about the state of WWE, I want to talk about WWE loyalists. And I'm talking about the, the hardcore, devoted, uh, pro-AEW fan, you know, borderline over to anti-every-other-wrestling-company type of fan. I want to talk about these two things together. Raw this week... Averaged 1.526 million viewers on USA Network. It's the lowest in history. The third hour did 1.44 million. Uh, I think probably also the lowest in history, although I didn't look that, that, the third hour up. The big thing here, the key demo, the 18 to 49 demo. And I know that some people are like, oh, there they are talking about demos. This is what USA Network cares about. This is what advertisers care about. So it's important to talk about it. In the 18 to 49 demo, Raw did a .41 rating, meaning that the last two weeks of AEW Dynamite, the December 2nd edition and the December 9 edition of Dynamite, actually beat WWE in the 18 to 49 demo, which is unbelievable. 
almost it's it's more than impressive. It's unbelievable. Then in addition to that, Dynamite's peak quarter last Wednesday night for the December 9 episode, their peak quarter which was the Shaquille O'Neal segment did 1.22 million viewers, which is only 15% less than what Raw's third hour did this week. Only 15% less. And they did those two things. The, they beat them in the key demo, and they came within 15% of their, of their third hour while running opposed to NXT. Yep. That's unbelievable, Sean. It's unbelievable. And, and oh, like you said, the loyalists came out of the woodworks. And here's the thing. It's it's very frustrating because if I review a show, I am I'm objective about it. That that's it. I'm going to be objective about it. When I report news, I'm objective about it. But people act that I have to le- like I have to levy the same number of criticisms towards one show that is good and one show that is bad. That's ridiculous. I, I ain't doing that. I don't. Oh well, you know what? I criticized four things in AEW, <laughs> so I will do that also on WWE. That My daughter that. does that. It's like, hey, you gave him three M and M's. You only gave me two. Well, you need to look at your daughter and you say, well, that's because he's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> and see how that works. I hope she doesn't catch this part of the podcast because <laughs> she'll believe it. She's six. She'll believe but, it. You know, you've got all the excuses, Jimmy. Every football, football, oh, COVID. Numbers are down. Well, you know what? Let's let's look. Let's just take a look. Last December, first week of December, Raw did 2.2 million viewers. Second week, 2.15 million viewers. This year, 1.73, 1.5. Those are drops of about 475,000 and, oh, I don't know, roughly 625,000. You know what AEW did last December? No, go ahead. They did, uh, let's see, uh, 851,000 and 778,000. This year, 913 and 995,000. And you can say, it's Sting, it's Shaq. I don't give a shit right? if it's a jar of applesauce that's drawing people in. <laughs> I'd be impressed They're, if it was. It'd be great. It'd be awesome. <laughs> uh, that, that crossover deal with Mott's is just really working out for them. <laughs> That'd but, be amazing. But, I mean, they took a, a period that was a, a real bad period for them last year and grew on it. Meanwhile, WWE has lost significant numbers of viewers. Yeah, Raw especially. Raw especially. It's because the show isn't good. The show isn't good. There's no reason to watch it. Uh, A little behind the scenes here. Like, we used to have a situation where it was me, Jeremy, and a third person getting the articles for Raw. And when there are big happenings or matches set or title changes or returns or something noteworthy, we do an article. As time went on, I was like, you know what? I'm probably better off just writing a a Fightful Select blog about it. So I started to do that. We had two people doing it. About a month ago, Jeremy said, we're not doing this anymore. One person can cover this. The other person can have off and watch the show in an hour and a half the next day. And we have had zero issues. Our live, our chat, our staff chat was more lit up at five in the morning for a New Japan show. Mm Mm-hmm than it was for Monday Night Raw, the cornerstone of WWE for almost 30 years. And you can't look at those AEW numbers and the growth and WWE's and the steep decline and not see a correlation to quality, Jimmy. 100%. It, this has nothing to do with COVID. It, 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 everything that you just said about what Vincent Man typically blames, like all of TV is down, you can't have live fans because of COVID, we have key performers that are injured or absent, uh, social media numbers are great. You know, everybody's shifting to social media. That's what he typically says. Dynamite is trending upward, but SmackDown has not eroded the way that Raw has. And so it's very difficult for him to point to those excuses when it has an impacted SmackDown. And they might say, oh, but Fox has a much bigger potential audience than Raw. But you just look at where the numbers were, say, a year ago versus where they are now. SmackDown hasn't eroded at the level of Raw. And to think that Raw, like you just said, it's a flagship show. They've got almost 30 years of brand identity. Almost 30 years yeah. of brand identity. Here comes this, this startup that's been around for one year, loaded from top to bottom with independent talent that had zero national television experience, for the most part. 
zero national television experience and a year in, they're almost on par with you. Almost. Because, again, Dynamite's running opposed to NXT. They've already got them beat in the key demo. Their peak rating's coming close to Raw's low. I'd be very concerned if I was a WWE executive. I'd be very concerned if I was a shareholder. Uh, And I mentioned this on Twitter. February 4th, 2021. Thursday, February 4th, 2021, that is the tentative date of the next earnings call, <laughs> which is not just going to be the Q4 earnings call, but it's going to be the full year 2020 earnings call. We already know going in that they're expecting a down quarter in Q4 because they said so on the Q3 call. They said Q4 is going to be down. They have costs attributed to Thunderdome and stuff in the quarter, so profit's going to be down. Can you imagine if these ratings continue this trend going into that call? That'll be a bad day for Vince McMahon. That'll be yes. a tough day at the office. Oh, we're, we're getting the NWO returning. <laughs> that's what's, that's yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, Vince McMahon has been injecting his company with a lethal dose of poison for about 15 years. 50, yes, for a, for a very long time. And anybody, you mentioned about how somebody might say, well, Dynamite had a good quarter because of Stinger, Shaquille O'Neal. For how many years have we seen Vince? Oh, the numbers are down, so Vince McMahon's going to, Mr. McMahon's going to make his return. The numbers are down, Brock's going to be on the show. The numbers are down, we're going to take the top guy on SmackDown. He's going to be on Raw this week. We've seen it for years. So you yeah. can't look and say, oh, they only popped a number because of Shaquille O'Neal. W's been doing it for years. Yeah. And, and, uh, and the numbers are where they are. And, and again, you can't blame the current climate. You can't blame COVID. You can't say TV's down across the board. Not when Dynamite's trending upward and SmackDown is still doing all right. I think SmackDown yeah. did over 2.2 million viewers last week. Yeah, and I mean, that, that is less than last year, but last year was 2.4 and 2.3. Right. So it wasn't like, it's not some huge shift like, like Monday Night Raw. Right. Andrew Monaghan sends a super chat and says, WWE 2020 making more money with bankrupt creative. Well, here's the thing. Whoever finalized the deal within TNT for AEW... They, they got to be looking at this and taking a victory lap because at a severe discount yeah. to what WWE Raw is being paid on USA Network, TNT is looking at this and being like, man, this, this is a deal. This is a deal for us. 100%. I mean, USA, they're paying WWE $265 million a year for the rights to Raw. $265 million a year. TNT is paying AEW a reported $43.75 million a year. And I think there's other things involved. I think they get uh, a split of the ad revenue. That's nothing significant. So let's say maybe $45 million a year, whatever it might be. Yeah. Six times less. Yeah. Six times less. And the numbers are almost on par right now. Plus, outside of the key demo, Dynamite's beating Raw in every young demo. The only thing that Raw's beating Dynamite in is 50+. plus. It's like me coming in for like half of what another guy quoted you and me blowing his traffic out of the water, Jimmy. It's a good deal. You are TNT right now. I am TNT right now. You are the Ted Turner taking victory laps. I I know he doesn't run it right now, but I just like to imagine Ted Turner celebrating all this. Yeah, the the first thing I did after I signed you to the two-year latest contract was I took a lap. I took a run around the building. First thing (laughs) I did. (laughs) You went around. No, you went in your backyard on the AstroTurf. I went in my backyard. You don't want to hurt your knees. You know what? Um, Let me me say this, Sean. Even Vito Corleone knew when it was time to step aside and let Michael run the show. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Even he knew when it was time. The time has to come sooner or later. Vincent Man's got to look in the mirror, and he's got to realize this is the problem. This is what it is. If the results don't match up, you move along. Fightful MMA, the, the results were not there. And I was like, Jimmy, I think we need somebody else to do this. I think somebody else would be better off at this. And we hired a guy that's a lot better. Like that's you. You have to understand your weaknesses and your strengths. And Vince McMahon has not understood his his weaknesses and his strengths for a long time. We constantly refer to that promo in December of 1997. He recognized his strengths and his weaknesses, and he adjusted his program accordingly. We have just seen so many of those promos and those moments to where it, we can't believe that he sees that anymore. I put out a tweet, Jimmy. I mean, I know we spent a lot of time on this, but this is the No, topic. we're going to talk more about it because it's this, a big this topic. This is the topic. This yeah. is what everybody wants us to talk about right now. In the last two years since that promo, which was two years this week, he came out and he had the, he had the McMahons and you are the authority. No more authority figures. And they blamed Baron Corbin. And I get it. You have to do it within the context of the show. You can't say, we've got shitty writers. 
you can't say that. And I don't even know if they have shitty writers. They probably got great writers. It's we have a shitty boss. Yes. But they, they did, you are the authority. Well, okay, cool. Now they got Adam Pierce on the show, a fantastic authority figure. He's doing great. I agree. He, he's amazing. Yes, One of he the bright is. spots. They brought up a bunch of NXT talent. Well, what did they do with that NXT talent? Literally nothing with EC3. Uh, they did, when they got Nikki Cross on the show, her story was, Jimmy, nobody has even noticed I've been here for three months. Right. Like, that's how they got her on the show. Is, is, isn't it telling, sorry to cut you off, but isn't it telling when they bring up Shinsuke Nakamura, a guy who English is a second language, and his first week on TV, they got him cutting a live promo in the ring. Then they bring up BC3, whose strength is his promo ability, and he never talks. Yeah. Doesn't that oh, kind of doesn't that kind of just kind of kind of just tell you everything? And uh, I want to talk about the WWE loyalist thing again. Talking about you know devoted hardcore fans. My point here is not to shit on these fans. You can like what you like. That's your right. If 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 you only want to like WWE and you don't want to like anything else, that's cool. That's your right. The reason I want to bring this up is because I would really like it if these fans would be less accepting of shit. The reason I would like it if they would be less accepting of shit is because I believe that Vince McMahon has had no sense of urgency to do better in years and years and years because, number one, he doesn't have competition. He hasn't since uh, – since I mean, now he does with, with AEW, but for, what, uh, 15, 20 years, he didn't. And number yeah. two, these loyalists were just accepting of the shit that he was peddling out. And, and the best example that I can give you is the Jinder Mahal example. I really don't think Vince McMahon respects his fan base. I don't think he does. Yeah. And the Jinder Mahal example is the best one. When Jinder Mahal won the title, and he said this himself on Jericho's podcast, when he won the title and he went to Vince and he said, I'm really scared that they're not going to accept me because I was enhancement for eight months. Vince McMahon said, don't worry about it. They'll forget. That's what he said. I don't think he respects his fan base. And part of the problem is the loyalists that just accept the shit. Yeah. And I really feel like if they would call Vince McMahon on it more often, maybe there'd be a greater sense of urgency to do better because I feel like that's just not there, you know? Yeah. Um, look, look at the answers that WWE has had since that, since that, uh, that promo. You are the authority. No more authority figures. Well, they've had to go back on that. All the NXT call-ups, none of them ended up mattering. Nikki Cross mattered, ultimately. Otis to some degree. Then a few months later, they're like, oh, the superstar shakeup. They, they abandoned their own brand split for an entire year. It was just abused between the NXT thing, the superstar shakeup that they did not plan, by the way, didn't care enough to plan about it. Then they were like, well, the, the wild card rule, we'll do that. Well, that didn't work. They did their own draft. That, well, that lasted a few weeks before they had to go, uh, NXT invasion. Their default when all this happens is, oh my gosh, the ratings are terrible. We got to have everybody on every other show. Well, okay. Then they did the brand to brand invitation. How'd that work out? Barely exists. Well, then they said, no more commercials during matches. And instead of crafting your show to where you would, I don't know, do a commercial during an entrance, after an entrance, they did no contest, restarts, two out of three falls. Mm -hmm. That worked great. They did the raw dark thing, which I didn't see exist long enough to really give a fair criticism to. I can tell you that I enjoyed that third hour a lot more whenever they tried to make an effort for it. What was that, they two would, weeks? Two weeks. They, they had the Sami Zayn promo that was pretty good. They shut off some of the lights, yeah. whatever. They did raw underground, and again, I enjoyed some of that. That's just the, the nature of style in which I like sometimes, but then they did Retribution, and... Looking now, it's like, man, we knew, Jimmy, from week one, this was going to be a waste of time. Yeah. We knew it. We knew it was a Band-Aid. Two years, and those are just eight things off the top of my head that they've done. Instead of just, hey, we have a bunch of really talented wrestlers. Some of them are champions, and they are special because they're champions. Here's a bunch of other people trying to become that champion, and when they don't, here are some offshoot stories that occur as a result. That has been a method for AEW, and it has led to success. And it's why you get people caring about wrestlers when they're not champions, because we know that their ultimate goal is to become that. There's a reason for this stuff. Titles are a prop to make you care about the show, 
and WWE can they they just won't embrace that. They won't embrace the attractions that they have. The women's division so robust they had to install tag team titles to give people stuff to do on the show. Tag team in general they won't embrace it. Mm-hmm. it like just, let's just do stuff that doesn't matter for three hours. And I wrote for Wrestle Talk Magazine, just submitted it this week. The Roman Reigns storyline is so amazing. It's so good that it frustrates me because I know that they can do this all over the show. I know they have creative people and excellent performers, and they can have really, really good shit all over the show. But throughout this year, we've seen some great stuff. The build of Drew McIntyre up until about WrestleMania. Then from right before Mania through the spring... It was Edge and Orton cutting these great promos. You didn't see all you people because there were no all you people to cut promos on. Then after that, when when he got hurt, it was Sasha and Bailey. Mm-hmm. Well, then towards the end, ass into that, they started to rush everything out then after they had that slow build. But Roman Reigns came back. It's like they can't do one more than one thing more at a time. Thing. Right. It's so it and it takes you back. It takes you back. And you, you think of all those promos. Or, or all those shoot interviews where people said Vince would come in and say, what's Austin doing? What's Austin doing? That's what it feels like. You know, people on social media sometimes, they, they accuse me of being anti-WWE. And all you ever do is shit on WWE. And here's the thing. I grew up in southern Ontario, Canada. WWE was the only thing on TV when I was a kid in terms of pro wrestling. I have been a lifelong WWE fan for that reason. But when the product is shit, I'm going to call it shit. Yes. You know what I mean? I'm not going to allow blind loyalty to cloud my judgment. There were actually people on social media this week defending the quality of Raw, saying it was a good show. What the hell are you watching? You know what I mean? And and here's a fact, because I, I want to talk a minute about, about the tweet from Monday night that got uh, different attention <laughs> than I thought it would. Here's a yeah. fact. WWE has not created a proven, bona fide box office attraction since John Cena... And people are going to say, oh, Roman Reigns main evented four WrestleManias. Just because they put a guy in a main event spot doesn't mean that his numbers warrant him being in the main event spot. The last bonafide box office attraction, we're talking sold tickets, sold merchandise, pop TV, was John Cena. When was John Cena's first WrestleMania main event? 05. 05, WrestleMania 21. It's been almost 16 years since they have created a legitimate bonafide box office attraction as for all the reasons that you talked about you know it's not for lack of talent could have been bigger he could have been way bigger sure but it's it's not for lack of lack of talent it's for it's for improper handling uh that leads me to to what i posted on monday night and this was regarding uh what they did with keith lee put up media one camillo So this is something that I put up. I said, would The Rock ever lose a handicap match clean to too cool? Probably not. That's the difference between uh, how supposed top WWE wrestlers were protected then and now they're not protected now. Keith Lee is... You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, (laughs) I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill had almost no chance since this call-up because of Vince McMahon. Now, this probably doesn't surprise you, Sean, and it probably shouldn't have surprised me either. What element of that tweet did dozens and dozens of people cling to? There was only one thing that dozens of people got out of that tweet. What was it? The Rock. They thought I was comparing Keith Lee to The Rock. 
That's what dozens and dozens of people got out of that. They thought I was comparing Keith Lee to The Rock. Do you think I'm an idiot? I was not comparing Keith Lee to The Rock. I could have chosen anybody from that time period who, when they were being groomed for a top position, they were protected by Vince McMahon. All of the top guys during that time period, all the guys that were being groomed for a top spot, they were protected going in. I just happened to kind of randomly choose The Rock. Keith Lee was brought in. You can't compare him being brought to the main roster to when Rocky Maivia was brought to the roster. Completely different. Rocky Maivia was brought in as a mid-card guy, eventually went for the Intercontinental Championship. Keith Lee was brought in. He was the NXT champion. He was the North American champion. And week one, what did they do? They put him in the ring with Drew McIntyre on television, right? So he was not brought in to do the slow build like they used to do. He was brought in to be put into the mix from right out of the chute, Right. Yeah. When by the time The Rock was doing handicap matches every week, he was made. Right. He was, he was made. He was made exactly. I, I some people, people. Some people said to me, "Oh, what do you mean? He lost a tables match to, or he lost a, to the Dudley Boys? Like you just table match? A right. Tables match. A tables match. And if you actually go back and watch that tables match, which you're right, it happened. It happened when The Rock was a made man. He eliminated Bubba Ray. He was about to eliminate Devon. Bubba Ray came in, hit him from behind with a chair, and then they gave him a 3D, and that was how he lost the match. And people tried to equate that to what they did with Keith Lee on Monday night. Here's the thing. Keith Lee's brought in his first week, and I think a lot of this, again, goes to just no proper planning and, and no foresight. He's brought in his first week. What if you don't watch NXT? What if you're only a Raw viewer, and this is your first exposure to Keith Lee? Here he is wearing a black T-shirt, with shitty generic music. His first week on the show, they put him in with Drew McIntyre. He's about to lose because he takes the claim where he's about to lose. Randy Orton runs in and it's a DQ finish. If that's your first exposure to Keith Lee, right out of the shoot, you're thinking, who the hell is this guy, right? Now, there were people defending this on social media saying, oh, they've handled him just fine. He beat Randy Orton at payback, right? Look, he got one win over Randy Orton at Payback, and he was part of the winning team at Survivor Series. Sandwiched in between those two wins was nothing but shit. He lost DQ, by DQ here. No contest. Right. DQ's no contest. He gets pinned by Braun Strowman in two minutes. Then, on Raw this week, he was the one that challenged Miz and Morrison to a handicap match. He's the one that went to them, challenged them to a handicap match. Then he loses. Oh, I, I had people say, oh, so you'd rather an established tag team get beaten by him? I said, they make the matches. Right. They, they decide. Just don't book it. Like, don't book it. Right. Book Keith Lee versus John Morrison. Because right. John Morrison ain't going to hurt one bit losing that match. It's so frustrating. We have uh, a super chat. Throwback27 sends one and says, do you think Lee going back to NXT would be the right choice for him after the run the main ro- uh, on the main roster so far? Get well, Tim Traver. Stay strong. Yeah, we want to send our best wishes wishes to our buddy Tim Traver. No, I think it would be looked at as a demotion, I agree. a lot like what people are saying about the the PC thing, uh, about him having to go back and do some work there. I think it'd be a demotion. Yeah, you can't do it. You can't do it, and and uh, especially now, like it, it it'd just be the wrong time to do it. The the thing with Keith Lee, and again, to, to going back to the the loyalist mentality, trying to defend this booking, trying to say Keith Lee's doing just fine. He's he's in there with with top guys, whatever. It's because of this booking. That a year from now, if things don't change, Keith Lee's going to be another mid-card guy on a roster full of mid-card guys, unable to draw a house, unable to pop a rating, unable to sell merchandise. That's what's going to happen to Keith Lee if this kind of booking continues. And again, I really wish, wish that the pro-WWE fans would not be so accepting of shit because they are. You know that there were people, Sean, that said to me on social media, how dare you? Compare Too Cool to The Miz and John Morrison. How dare you when The Miz is a former WWE champion and he headlined WrestleMania? That's, this is what people say. Too to Cool, me. we're very over. <laughs> Not just that, but my answer to you is, do you watch the show? Yeah. Do you watch the show? The whole storyline with The Miz right now is that he conned Otis out of the Money in the Bank briefcase. He didn't actually win the match to get the briefcase. He conned Otis out of it, and he is positioned as such a beatable mid-card character that AJ Styles is trying to help him cash in Money in the Bank to beat Drew because AJ knows, I might not be able to beat Drew, but I can kick the shit out of The Miz. That's how he's positioned on TV. So for anybody to say, how dare you? He's a former WWE champion. Watch the show. Yeah, Watch the show yeah. and take your blinders off, and maybe you'll recognize. If I was kind of joking around on social media when the rating came out, I was joking around saying, "Wait a second, 
how did they only do 1.526 million when the Miz is clearly a massive star? Because that's what you guys told me. And Keith Lee's being positioned phenomenally as a main eventer. How is this possible? Well, we hope that you guys are watching our show and you leave a thumbs up. We have a bunch of super chats. The Nerd Guru says, we'll get Taker Goldberg 2 soon enough for the ratings. I think Taker's done. Even no, if he comes good. back, that's not going to – that might help. get them back to 1-7. Yeah, you know what it, won't, it won't help whatsoever. Uh, by the way, guys, send in a super chat if you're watching live on YouTube.com slash Fightful. Uh, you will get your question or statement read on the air. Also – while you're here, do me a favor. Go over and subscribe to Fightful Scraps. We are going to be relaunching that on January 1st, I believe. So check that out. We also have a Twitch channel coming. We'll have more info on that in the coming weeks. David Dickers says, random question. What is a wrestler or something that happened in wrestling that you don't get even though it's considered big? I started watching Wrestling with Royal Rebel 2014, so I really don't get CM Punk. Well, imagine somebody popping up tomorrow and cutting a promo directly to one of the top guys about how shitty this show has been. That's what CM Punk did, and it was it was pretty effective. I loved the pipe the pipe bomb promo. I loved it. I mean, how could you not? That was one of the first times ever that he like broke the fourth wall, and he even suggested maybe the show will be better when Vince passes. Like he actually said that live on television. That was a great promo. I understand what he's saying. You know, I mean, punk, punk. You know, he was a decent worker, but he wasn't the best worker. Didn't have the best look. He wasn't the best promo. What I liked about CM Punk was I liked CM Punk's balls. That was the thing I liked about him Whoa. the best. I'm going to isolate that clip. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I loved how CM Punk would get out there, and he called it the way he saw it. Do you remember the thing with Kevin Nash? Yeah, I do. And I actually loved Kevin Nash when they, when they did this thing, because if you've never seen it, go look on YouTube. CM Punk and Kevin Nash had a little back and forth. And Kevin Nash is not stupid, right? Kevin Nash, he can think clearly, and he can improvise. He tried to stay on script. And as soon as Punk started pissing him off legitimately, Nash went off script. I'll never forget what Nash said. Do you remember this, Sean? Nash goes, hit the weights, take a shower, get a clue. And I loved it that Nash said that. And he said that he looked like a short order cook from the Waffle House. In Pikeville, Kentucky. Is that where it was? Yeah. Yeah. Also, if you guys want a good example of how smart Kevin Nash is, Go look around the Benoit era. There's a clip of when he was on Fox News, and they really thought they got dumb, roided-out wrestler on their show to abuse, and he eviscerated them. He jobbed them out on the air. It well, was, that, uh, that was wild. one promo, the Punk Nash promo. That was a promo where Nash was trying to stay in, in character. Punk kind of pissed him off because Punk kept on going legit like outside of outside of storyline and when nash finally had enough and started shooting back on punk if you watch that promo punk then took it back to storyline because i think it got to the point where punk was like okay maybe he's starting to kind of rib me a little bit too much and he actually took it back to storyline so that's that was a good one uh you know go ahead hold on hold on okay okay hold on you know jimmy you you i had i was gonna do uh a magic spoon read, but we, we just can't overlook it. We just can't overlook the fact that CM Punk very clearly uses Manscaped, and that's why you love his balls so much. He uses Manscaped.com. He uses the code Fightful. <laughs> I, even, I even got to pull up the, the talking points that they want because I was just so taken aback by this. I bet, and, and I'm, not, I'm not endorsing for CM Punk, but... If you want Jimmy to love your balls, <laughs> you will use Manscaped. It's the best in below-the-waist <laughs> grooming. They just released their new cologne scent to help you feel good and smell good all over at all times. This isn't cologne for your balls. They got ball deodorant for that. This is just to make you smell good. They got that perfect package 3.0 for your below-the-waist grooming needs, but they didn't stop there. They've got that new refined cologne signature scent. Ah, it's the same signature scent that's in all their formulas, and it's a perfect complement to the collection. It's light, approachable, and gentlemanly in all the right ways. It's calming and inviting. It's got those anchoring notes of a woodsy, masculine finish. It comes in a 50-milliliter bottle. It's hypoallergenic, cruelty-free, dye-free, paraben-free, and 100% vegan. So if you want your balls to be (laughs) cruelty-free, Manscaped has you covered. Cruelty-free balls. 
Yeah, cruelty-free balls. It's in a beautiful glass bottle that makes a statement of its own. Also, check out their Perfect Package 3.0. All the essentials for your below-the-waist grooming needs, including the lawnmower 3.0. You will have Jimmy Van saying, I love his balls <laughs> when you use that lawnmower 3.0. And it won't nick or snag your nuts. I mean, CM Punk, the only bleeding you've seen him doing over the last seven years is in the UFC cage. And I guarantee you that wasn't from the lawnmower 3.0 because they have the technology <laughs> to keep your nuts safe. It's time to feel sexy. Get 20%. That's a talking point for them. Like a bullet yeah, point. It. It's time to feel sexy. 20% off plus free shipping. Use the code FIGHTFUL at Manscaped. Your balls and body will thank you. Code FIGHTFUL at Manscaped. And we have a bunch of super chats still. Edson House says, if you heard Jim Ross' recent comments about wrestlers doing dives and protecting finishers like the DDT and the super kick. Yes, I agree with him. Completely. You know what? I've got the quote, so I might as well read the quote. He said, quote, all you guys go outside, you cluster up like coils, you stand there in a huddle, friends and foes together, side by side, so you can catch some leaping idiot going over the top who never wins with this move. I completely agree with Jim Ross. Yes, I do too. And, and this isn't just an AEW thing. This is a wrestling thing. And you know what I hate even more than that, Sean? Why? And this comes down to, to, to an understanding of psychology. How many times have you seen a guy part of a huddle? The guy that dives doesn't come anywhere near him, and he bumps and sells. Hate it. Hate it. I have seen um, it so many times, and I despise it. And I really wish that I could be a producer and grab that guy when he comes to the back and say to him, explain that to me. It explain to me why you did that. In some of the matches that I did, I would be told, oh, okay, well, this is the spot that you're going to do. And then I would go back and watch it. And there's one match in particular. I, I told like all these people, if I don't make contact with you, please don't fall. Yes. React, do something else. Just please don't fall. Yes. And fortunately, uh, that started to stick. And I was like, hell yeah, that works pretty well. But mm -hmm. I, I completely agree. Uh, we have a bunch more super chats, guys. Leave a thumbs up as well. Evan Wright says Wardlow out of the dynamite, uh, out of dynamite tonight. It's a twelve man tag. Oh well, uh, how will they pull it off with only twelve men? <laughs> uh, Match Evan is ruined. Writes, it's ruined. Evan Wright says Raw Undershed is better than Raw uh, Underground. Facts only. I don't know what you mean there. Uh, if you mean Roll Under Shit, which was the uh, talking shop of mania method, then that was good. Joe Marcinek says, SRS, are you going to get Jimmy a toaster? Hopped up, <laughs> toast that toast. I actually got Jimmy a Christmas gift. He did. It's it cool, was, too. It was delivered to him. We might show you guys that next, next week. week. Yeah, next week. Rob Wilkins says, more Robert D. Felice or Rob is always what's best for business. Over under on uh, Vince, Steph, Shane, and Triple H being in the ring on Monday night. Also, nah. AJ should win. Uh, I think they'll probably be in the ring Month, at least one of them will be, I I figure. You think so? Yeah, probably. What can they say? Nothing. That's what's no. been happening the last few times. You know what? I, obviously, we're not privy to one-on-one to, to -on -one conversations, so I don't know if like Hunter's ever gone to Vince or if Stephanie's ever gone to Vince or Shane, even Linda. I don't know if anybody's ever gone to him and said, don't you think it might be time for you to maybe take a step back? If they haven't had that conversation, they need to. And I know it's very difficult because you know how we talked about, say, The Undertaker when, when he had to decide to retire. It's tough when you've been doing it for so many years. Well, sure. Vince, ha Vince has been the promoter king for decades, and it's his baby. This empire is his company. So I understand it's tough for him to kind of take a step back and give somebody the keys to your kingdom. But all yeah. the things that he has tried, all the things that he has tried, and they hit 1.526 million viewers, and you're telling me that's not enough to slap him in the face? I don't know, man. Also, i got to credit my wife. She's the one that texted me and said, you need to go to a Manscaped segue there. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> the, she's been brainwashed nice. at this point. She's nice. been brainwashed. Ray Callahan said, uh, Kenny turns blood and guts with Bullet Club Civil War. That sounds like a good idea. Impact versus AEW sounds like a pretty neat blood and guts idea to me. Yeah, I mean, we, we could talk about uh, about Impact, I guess. Jesus, I want to talk about Punk more, too. There's so much stuff. Let's talk about Punk first, because there was another super chat about Punk. Sure. My, here's my question for you, uh, and I'm asking you this as a wrestling fan, not as a, not as a journalist. 
Are wrestling fans still as interested in CM Punk returning to the ring now as they were, say, two years ago? Do you think? Ah, no, because AEW was starting then. So I think that two years ago, people were like, oh, well, he's going to come in. Right. So I don't, I don't think so. And also, time is not on CM Punk's side. It is, it is not at all. He is a 42-year-old man now. Yeah. When he left, he hasn't wrestled in, in seven years now. Mm-hmm. It's time isn't on his side. When I saw, I, I listened to him a bit on Renee Young's podcast. Renee Paquette, I'm sorry. Sure. I, listened to, I listened to him on Renee's podcast. I'll be honest with you. I used to really be a fan of CM Punk, and I, I loved, you know, like I said, the, the guts that he had and, and shooting on television and speaking his mind. I respected all of that. Yeah. I'm disenchanted. Yeah, loved his balls. Yeah, I'm disenchanted with CM Punk, man. I am. Sure. It's I. I feel like he kind of still has this grandiose opinion of himself, uh, almost like he thinks he's a game changer. Like you remember backstage when he did the big debut last year, and he says something like, uh, "Just when they think they have all the answers, I change the culture." He's got this grandiose opinion of himself. I don't see him being worth the kind of money that he would expect. In order to come back, I don't. And and so if I'm Vince McMahon or if I'm Tony Khan, and I know that Tony Khan, one of the knocks on him is that he is a wrestling fan, kind of a money mark. And I could see him bringing back Punk just for the sake of bringing back Punk. I don't know if I see him being worth the money that he would uh, request to do anything. It's hard to say. Well, it depends on what company. At WWE, they make so much money that it's hard to say whether or not he would be. In AEW, I don't know if he would move the needle enough. And And... It's because I don't know how much CM Punk moves the needle right now. I have no idea. I have no really frame of reference for that, what a returning CM Punk does, because we haven't seen it. But I don't think there's as much interest as there was two years ago. I agree. I agree. I think backstage took some shine off of him. I think uh, getting his ass kicked in the UFC took some shine off of him. Sure. Uh, And quite frankly, as a wrestling fan, I think there'd be more interest in seeing a CM Punk Triple H live promo in the ring uh, leading to a match that Punk actually wins this time, that would be more interesting to me than Punk against guys he's never wrestled in AEW. Like yeah, I, I just there, think there's, there's more history interested. there, right? Because yeah, there's, there's history, history there. and like right. Roman Reigns. Okay, well Roman Reigns' career was stunted pretty pretty significantly by those "keep Roman strong" words. So there's history there. So yeah, I, I agree. Uh, we have a couple more super chats. David Dickers says, "Does any company give out the numbers they do online, like TNA with their Twitch stuff? Because I think both get more views online than cable. Not defending any shows; those don't matter. No. Those those numbers do not matter because these these are numbers that advertisers are looking at and television companies are looking at. But uh, TNA or Impact doesn't give those numbers; they're just available. They're and yeah, available. the AEW dark numbers are on YouTube." Stuff like that, but those aren't like, oh, hey, this is what we're doing. They just yeah. happen to. And also, you got to remember the the YouTube numbers for WWE India is their number two market. Yes. So I I don't pay a ton of attention. I I know that sometimes you know people make a big big thing out of oh look this this WWE Raw video did two million views. I don't think too much of that because I know that a large percentage of that is India traffic, which isn't worth anything. Well, I mean, beyond what it's worth, I do know that a lot of people in WWE pay attention to it because it will show you what segments people are going out of their way to see no matter what company or what country they're from. And Vince needs something to point to on the earnings call to say they're doing great. Yeah. And we got people saying, oh, you can't tell me Hangman versus Punk is not a good match. I'm not saying it's not a good match. I'm saying there's zero history there. Right. There's right. there's no history. There's no, nothing to that. Right. Uh, Evan Wright says, I just find it fascinating AEW as people like Sting and Shaq uh, Omega Bucks, Cody Jericho, Moxley, but also people like 22-year-old Griff and Top Flight. That's the thing. You have more people within the demographic that you're seeking uh, on, the, on the younger side than WWE does. 100%. Because in WWE, a lot of people aren't getting called up till they're like 30. Mid-30s, yep. Or mid-30s. How old's I mean, Keith Lee? Exceptions. 30, 36. Yeah, he looks it too. Okay, yeah. God, Jimmy. No, I, I don't mean that disrespectfully, but he's clearly not 21. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's the difference. Let's talk about uh, Kenny Omega and Impact. Uh, first and foremost, I haven't seen the AAA match. How was it? Uh, it was very good. Yeah. It was outstanding. Yeah. Did AEW, to your knowledge, film any of it, or did they plan to show a clip on Dynamite? Because they should. 
I'm sure that they'll show some sort of clip or, or some sort of stills or something. But, yeah, I, I don't know if they filmed anything. Okay. Uh, now, obviously, last week's Impact episode, when they had Kenny Omega's... I, hold on. I need to correct you on Keith Lee's age. According sure. to the chat, he is pushing 40. Pushing 40. Okay, good. Yeah, I appreciate that. We should have a T-shirt. I think we should have a T-shirt. Uh, so when Impact, when Kenny Omega made his big you know, debut on Impact as the AEW champion last week, obviously Impact saw a great benefit. Uh, I can't recall what the Access TV rating was in the 200,000s, I believe. And on Twitch... Uh, they averaged 43,000 views, and they peaked at 52,000, which is miles ahead of where they were. I think they had been doing, what, 2,000 views a week on Twitch. I was curious how they were going to do this week. Yeah. Because now the, the original, you know, excitement and lull is going to start to subside a little bit, and you have to rely on the quality of your product to kind of keep the viewership in. So I was curious. So according to Brandon Thurston, this week, Impact averaged 12,000 views on Twitch. That's down from an average of 43,000 views last week. Uh, and they peaked at 14,000 versus 52,000. So I look at this from, from two sides. The first side is it's still better than what they were doing. It's, it's you know, 12,000 average is much better than a 2,000 average. It's significantly down from last week. And so I still got to see... Does Impact as a brand have buzz? Just because you got Kenny Omega on your show, just because they're posting stuff on social media with him, Anderson, and Gallows, I'm not convinced Impact as a brand has buzz. So I want to see where things go next week and the week after that and the week after that. Are the numbers going to stay where they are? Are they going to go up? Are they going to go down? I don't know. But, uh, like, what are you feeling? Like, obviously, I know that the online, you know, kind of smart wrestling fan base is really digging this. Do you have any kind of a gauge as to what, say, the average wrestling fan feels about this whole thing, or is it just too difficult to? It, it caught interest, but I don't. I think they that impact peaked with the interest early. Unless unless we see something major happen on AEW TV that guides people to impact, I think they did it very early because, quite frankly, they have all their content in the can from November, so they've had to go back and film a bunch of shit last right. week. So. I, I think they should have done something else than what they did for the Kenny Omega show. They had some very good talent highlighted, but they also missed out on highlighting a lot of talent. That show should have been a pay-per-view worthy show. Right. And it was not a pay-per-view worthy show. And unfortunately, Impact is in a time where they're about to lose a bunch of people. We know Ethan Page is coming up. Mm -hmm. We know Jake Crist is done. We know that are we? the rumor is that Taya might be shopping herself i don't know that to be true yeah she uh she uh got the rights to her name right yeah heard that so we gotta we gotta kind of look at what they have what they're going to and they filmed almost all their stuff heading into hard to kill they had to film this the the bus stuff and subsequent backstage fights around all that Okay, we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I, I do think we're going to see Gallows and Anderson on uh, Dynamite with Omega, probably. I don't see that popping a number. I just don't. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, I'm going to hold out hope again and see if they got access to the library or if there's other aspects of this deal we don't know about. For like, like we talked about last week, for all we know, Tony Khan bought into Impact. We don't know. So until we know more information, I'm going to reserve judgment. But if what we're seeing currently is the extent of it, yeah, Tony Khan's a very charitable, nice human being. Yeah. What else well, can I mean, you really that's say? Been the joke on his paid ads. Yeah, yeah. That he's being very charitable, yeah, and keeping them afloat, which I think is pretty funny. Let's talk about the big man mandate. What's the latest oh. on Vince McMahon's? Now you got to remember, this is a guy Vince McMahon who, when he thinks big man wrestling, given his background, we're talking King yeah. Kong Bundy. You know what I'm saying? We're, th we're talking Andre the Giant. We're not talking Keith Lee, an athletic big man, doing the stuff that he does. What's the latest on the, on the Vince McMahon big man mandate? So most people were surprised that Keith Lee had to go down, but I heard he needed some work on his strikes. Um, Otis had a couple spots that were concerning, with, specifically with John Morrison uh, in the last couple months. Kind of dumped him on his head, and I had heard some complaints in regards to him that would have been pretty pretty dated as well like little not not just a little pretty rough in the ring to work with sometimes almost was no is nowhere near ring ready nowhere near ring ready and he's been training for over two years has only had a half dozen matches they knew he was coming up in like march or april and didn't get him ready daba kato has been training for i want to say five years feels like a long time four or five years 
they brought him up for Raw Underground, then they canned Raw Underground. Right. In Mike Johnson's report, he mentioned Arturo Huas. I, he mentioned Arturo Huas because Huas was supposed to come up for Raw Underground, and they canned it and sent him back to NXT. But he's not a part of this class, nor is he a big man. He's out for a long time with surgery. And then there's Mace, who's the former Dio Madden. And a lot of people pointed to his athleticism but said that he was out of the ring for over uh, for almost a year mm-hmm. and only did a few live events earlier this year with NXT and that they it, they'll kind of see what they have there but he was he didn't wrestle for a long time right yeah interesting I mean it, it sounds like Keith Lee was almost almost like he was grouped with the others just because he happens to be a big guy that they're featuring to a degree yeah it doesn't sound like he did a whole lot to warrant that that's, that's from what I heard. I mean, I did hear a comment from – actually, I was speaking with another wrestling media member who said that they had heard that it like it might have been because of some strikes or something like that, but uh, I can't speak to that directly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting, interesting. Um, one more thing I guess I want to mention. You, you, the earlier on, you said the all you people thing because that's like one of the things you like to joke about. Did you yeah. see um, Big E on Talking Smack last week? Uh, I did. Yeah. He he said the all you people thing. Then he caught himself saying the all you people thing. And then he paused and kind of explained what he meant by that. And I immediately thought of Sean Ross Sapp. I immediately thought Sean Ross Sapp's got influence now. People he, he are said in our interview that he lurks my Twitter. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I remember, I remember. Because I saw that and I thought, this is Sean's influence. People are watching his stuff now. If you go back and watch Talk and Smack, as soon as he said it, he immediately like light bulb went off and he realized what he said and, and he's caught a himself. Smart man, and I'm not not implying it's because of my influence. He is he's one of the smartest guys in wrestling. He's he gets it. He he understands it and I mean, not to say that I understand it any better or even on the level of him, but it, it does make me happy. If if only, Jimmy, I had that type of influence over the Fightful Championship. It is what it is, man. You've had several opportunities. You're not able to get it done. You know, always the bridesmaid, but never the bride, I guess. Well, listen, here's the thing. I have unearthed some footage, and I, I don't even want us to go to the end of the show with this. I, I just, I'm going to reveal something, Jimmy. I went for the Fightful Championship last year, and I have found footage, security footage, definitely not filmed footage. It's security footage really? of me being thwarted by an unnamed person. Camilla, will you run the clip and then bring us back? Thwarted by an unnamed person. Oh, no! Oh, my God. Who did that? And we're back. So I never, I, did, I never did find out who attacked me. I saw him. I saw the guy. I saw the guy. So the reason in that clip you saw me back away like that is because... That wasn't... That wasn't was that you? But yeah, but that was me, but I'm not the one that did anything. So I saw the guy that did it. I saw the guy that did it. Did he look like you as well? Because that's what I've been no. told. No, no. So the guy that did it was the same guy that hit you with a chair when you had your first match. The guy that had the Steve Austin mask on. I saw the guy. The reason that I was backing up like that in the clip you just saw is because I was on my way to go get him. I was on my way to go get him. And what happened was I just I couldn't. I'm not, I'm, I'm not fast, Sean. I'm not fast. My speed and my cardio was a problem for me. I wasn't able to catch up to him. He was like the fastest man alive, Sean. He went running up the sidewalk on Young Street in Toronto. I couldn't catch him. It looked an awful lot like it was just you attacking me. But you know what? You know what? I, I've heard, like just poking around the office, that that maybe you'll have some proof before too long that it wasn't you. And then just maybe there were similar builds and looks and all that. But, but you know what? I'm, I'm going to take your word for it. Definitely wasn't take me. Your word for it. Yeah. I've been stewing on it for a long time. Didn't know who attacked me. Um, I didn't you know, know you had the security footage. Yeah, security footage. Uh, of Shouldn't I be informed of this, Camillo? Probably. Like, don't you think if anybody should know about you having footage ready to roll from Sean Rossap, maybe I should know about it? I mean, I'm I'm the best at what I do, Jimmy. 
<laughs> I, I dig things up and I unearth things. Well, let me tell you something, Sean. Even though it's been, you know, it's been a while since that happened, I'm still on the case, Sean. Okay. I'm still we'll, on the we'll case. Yeah, we'll I, I like I'm I'm talking to the police about this. Like I'm on this guy. I got a pretty good look at the back of his head. I'm on this guy, Sean. I think we'll talk about it at another time. Uh, we, we will we will figure this out. And you know what? I'm committed for years. I am going to come back to Canada, and I am going to get that championship. But we'll talk more about that later. We are heading over to FightfulSelect.com. List goes on. We're going to talk about Jake Paul. We're going to talk about The Rock. We're going to talk about Lana. We're going to talk about NXT India. Go. The list goes on. FightfulSelect.com. I'm still really rattled by that footage, and I can't believe that somebody did that to you, and I'm on the case, Sean. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Hopefully I don't get hit by a car or anything. Because if they if you if somebody hit me with a car and they posted a camera on the front of their car, right. I might be able to get that footage as well, but we'll see. Until next time, guys, we're out. Subscribe to Fightful on YouTube for the latest exclusive podcast, interviews, and news across boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save money.